Hello, hello, good morning, Alpine. How's everybody doing? Yes. So, so good to be together today. Oh man, awesome weather outside, awesome atmosphere here. So good to be together. My name is Alex Gowler, one of the staff pastors here at Alpine. And if you couldn't tell already, this weekend is all about community and the opportunities that we have to grow together in our relationships, even as we're growing in our relationship with Jesus. So I need to give you guys a heads up on something. Are you ready for this? My goal is to be walking out of those back doors in about 15 minutes. What? Some of you are like, I just want to see this. This is why I'm here. I want to see this wrap up in a half an hour. No, so we're going to be heading out these doors in just a few minutes. And here's why. Because as a church, we want to practice what we preach. And if we are going to talk about community, then we actually want to do it. We want to follow Jesus' example in being in relationship with each other because community is something that's important to each and every one of us, but it's something that's even more important to Jesus and critical to what he's doing and wants to do in the world around us. And we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But before we do, a question for everybody in this room. You don't have to answer out loud, but think about this. What comes to mind when you hear the word community? What images are brought to mind when you hear that word? For some of you, it may bring up memories of growing up and the neighborhood that you were a part of then. For others of you, you might think about the town or the village that you live in right now, maybe your college campus, and how the fact of living in the same place with a group of people gives you a sense of camaraderie. Others of you might think about a group or an organization that you're a part of that doesn't feel like a collection of just isolated individuals, but... There's something that's bringing you together that gives you a sense of being in community. Community is something that means something to each and every one of us, and it's something we either have and appreciate or something that we lack and we deeply desire. Because believe it or not, community is actually the way that God wired us. God designed us to live life in community. And when you break that word down, community, it's really a combination of two different ideas. It's the idea of having something in common that is uniting different people. It's a group of people that share something in common that are coming together in unity. It's a common unity community. And God designed humanity to be able to come together united around the one thing that they had in common, which was a relationship with their creator, it's something that we desire, it's something that we were designed for, but unfortunately, too often, community is not our actual experience, especially in the busy northwest suburbs of Chicago. Jesus knew that. Jesus knew the importance of community for us as individuals, but also the importance of community for his plan and his purpose and mission in the world. And so in one of the most significant moments in Jesus's life, he actually takes time to pray for community, to pray for men and women and kids who would be following him throughout all time and in every place on the corner of the globe, and he prays that they would have community. If you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to John 17, verses 20 to 23. John is the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be in chapter 17, verses 20 to 23. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can go ahead and follow along with the words that will be on the screen behind me. But John 17, a little bit of context here. We're jumping in at some of the last few hours of Jesus's life. He's just finished his final meal with his 12 closest friends, the disciples. 
And as they wrap up the meal and knowing everything that's about to happen to him and everything that his friends are going to be going through, he takes some time to pray for himself. He prays for his disciples. And then, believe it or not, he prays for us. He prays for the church that will exist throughout history and on every corner of the globe. He takes time to pray for us, and he prays for one very specific thing. And so we're jumping into John 17, verses 20 to 23, where Jesus says this, praying to God. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, the 12 men that were gathered with him, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's us. That's the church. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world will know and believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Now, I hope you picked up on the one thing that Jesus is praying about for his church that will exist throughout history. It's that we would be one. It's that the church would be able to come together, unified around the one thing that they will have in common with everything that will be trying to take them away from each other. They will be able to come together around Jesus. And when you think about it, Jesus could have prayed for anything in this moment. This is one of the final recorded prayers we have of Jesus, one of the few recorded prayers we have of him for the church in general. And he could have prayed for anything, looking throughout the centuries and the millennia that would take place after he rose from the dead. He could have prayed that the church would have unlimited resources to meet every need that they would come across. He could have prayed for strong and charismatic leaders that would take the church into the future. He could have at least prayed that Christians would not post anything obnoxious on social media. That would have gone so far for us. But he focuses on one thing. He says, God, keep them together. Keep them united around me. May they experience such perfect unity. And we have to trust that if this is the one thing that Jesus was praying for for the church, then it would be the one thing that would change everything. Because Jesus knew the importance of community to each and every one of us, but he also believed that community was something that was critical for what he was doing in the world, the mission that God had sent him to kick off overcoming evil with good, reconciling the world to himself. And Jesus connects the dots for us in verse 23. Let's read this again. He says, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus is tying together our ability to be in unity together with our ability to participate in what God is doing in the world. And it would not be a stretch for us to say that our community's experience of hope will be determined by our church's experience of community. Whatever community you live in where you're interacting with people that don't know Jesus, maybe it's your neighborhood, the town you're in, your campus, your school, whatever it is, our community's experience of hope will be determined by our church's experience of community. And as we are able to grow in our relationships with each other, the world will see that Jesus is who he says he is. 
and does what he says he's going to do. That's our definition of hope, is that confident expectation of a better tomorrow that's based on the character and promises of God. And they see that character and they see those promises reflected in the way that we experience community together. And Jesus prayed for it because he knew it was important and he knew it was going to be difficult. Because community doesn't happen on accident. And especially in our context, there is so much that is threatening to tear us out of relationship with one another, especially as a church. And he prayed that we would experience perfect unity. And anything that's perfect requires practice. And so community is something that we have to learn how to do because it's not something that we have been able to experience at its depths through Jesus to this point. A lot of us, the type of community that Jesus is talking about is something that we long for, something that we want, but we haven't seen it and we haven't experienced it. And so Jesus prays for us because he knows that it's gonna be difficult and he knows it's something that we're going to need to practice, which means we take small steps towards becoming the type of community that Jesus prayed we would be. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing this weekend. We're shortening our service time so we can create more opportunities for us to get to know each other, to interact with each other, and take steps towards becoming the community that Jesus prayed we would be. But it is difficult. And it takes time. And my microphone is, is rubbing up against my stubble. It takes some time for us to be able to grow into the depth of community that Jesus has in mind. So I want to leave you guys with five things that are essential elements for any community that you're a part of, be that the Alpine community or any community that you choose to engage in. Five things to keep in mind as you practice becoming a community, as we as a church practice becoming the community that Jesus prayed we would be. Five things, they all start with the letter C because that's easier for me to remember and hopefully it'll be easier for you guys to remember as well. So the five C's of community. Every community has to start with this first thing, which is a commonality. It's very hard to have community if you don't have something in common. Or as C.S. Lewis so eloquently put it, the basis of every friendship is, you too? I go to Alpine Chapel, you too? I live in Wakanda, you too? I pay too much in property taxes. You too? <laughs> there is so much that we have in common, but that is what communities are based on, is being able to share something in common. Now, every single person in this room, we have Alpine in common. We have an experience and a relationship with this community. Most of us in this room have something way more important in common, Jesus. And because our, our lives are based on him, we have a natural common point that we can connect around because that commonality gives way to the second C of community, which is conversation. If community is like a tree, conversation is like the water. Communities need conversation and interaction in order to grow and to flourish. Too little conversation and a community will wither. Too much conversation and a community will drown. Introverts be like, preach. But every community requires conversation and interaction in order to grow. And these two starting points, a commonality and conversation, this is where community begins, but it's not where community ends. Because in order for a community to continue to grow, it requires three more things, the first of that being consistency. 
Communities don't grow without regular interaction. If you've ever been a regular at a coffee shop or a restaurant, you know that there's a certain sense of connectedness that you have with people just on the basis of the fact that you're seeing them and interacting with them on a regular basis. That's one of the reasons why we prioritize being here on the weekends and on these gatherings is so that we can interact with each other because the depth of our community will be impacted by the number of times that we're able to consistently engage with one another. We choose to be here and interact consistently because that helps our community grow. And so communities start with a commonality, they give way to conversation, they require consistency and care. Care is what makes the difference between a fan club and a family. If all we do is come into this place and we are praising God and we're celebrating who he is, but then we walk out of those doors and we have no capacity or desire to actually be a part of one another's lives and care for each other, then we are a Jesus fan club, which would be fine if that's all Jesus had in mind when he created a people for himself and invited them into a relationship with himself. But he called people from all over the globe and from every walk of life to be part of a family and families take care of each other. And so in order for a community to flourish, it needs a commonality, it needs conversation, consistency, care, and finally, this is the big one, commitment. Community is a choice that we don't stop making. And you could go so far as to say that the depth of our community and our experience of community will be determined by the depth of our commitment because community is difficult. It's something that we have to choose and be intentional with. We have to choose to be in conversation. We have to choose to care. We have to choose to be consistent. But if we want our community to grow, just like every relationship, it requires commitment. And so we choose to be here and be together and engage in conversation and discover what we have in common. We choose to forgive. We choose to ask for forgiveness. And we choose to try again because community is difficult, but community is worth it. Jesus knows that this wasn't going to be easy. And especially in our context, we're talking about wanting to be a community that is filled with deep and meaningful relationships, a culture of strong community in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, which is like saying you want a culture of sobriety and self-control in Las Vegas. Everything around us is fighting against our ability to experience community together. And it is going to be a fight, but it is a fight that is worth it because it is worth it for ourselves and our own spiritual growth, and our community needs us to be a community. Because our community's experience of hope will be determined by our church's experience of community. And as I was sitting in worship this morning, something that came up, I didn't plan on saying this, so we may go for 16 minutes at this point. But the fact that Jesus acted on all of these aspects of community when he chose to become one of us Jesus chose to share our humanity in common. He chose to have conversation with us and discover what was going on in our lives. He chose to be consistent and show up in relationships and have this group of people around him. He chose to care and he committed to us when he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So it's no wonder that people will see Jesus when they see us living out this kind of community because it looks like Jesus looked like. And when we practice these things together regularly and we keep trying, our community grows and people see Jesus because they see us following his example. And so these are the small steps that we take towards becoming the type of community that Jesus prayed we would become.
And so we want to use the rest of our time together, the next 30, 45 minutes, however long you choose to hang out at this community, to practice becoming the type of community that Jesus prayed we would become. So as you head out those doors today, what you're going to get is this little card. And there's three things on the back of that card that I'd ask for you to do today. All right. The first one, eat free food. How many of you are like, you know, I can do that. It's a stretch, but I'm going to get there. All right. There is food out there. Food brings people together. So go eat free food. The second thing is meet two new people. Get to know two new people. Get to know their names, their stories, just two new people. If you want to be an overachiever and go beyond that, be our guest, you know? But meet two new people, eat some free food, and finally, text community to 97000. Here's why. I'm pretty excited about this. We've had several people over the past few months ask us, you know, is there a place where I could go to find all of the opportunities to engage in Alpine's community, be that small groups, which are one of the perfect places to be able to practice being in community or event registrations, which are opportunities to meet new people. Is there one place that I could go to get that information? And the answer is finally, yes. If you text, yeah, okay, great, that's awesome. If you text community to 97000, what you'll get back is a link. You can click that link and see all of the groups that are meeting this fall that are available for you to be a part of and all of the event registrations that are coming up for this fall. So text community to 97000. What you'll also get is some icebreaker questions that you can use in your conversations with people out in the yard or in the lobby today. But we would ask you to do that and take some time to hang out. If you have kids down in kids' ministry, they will be watching your kiddos till about 12.10. After that point, every children that is left unattended will be given espresso and a free puppy. <laughs> so, no, we want to give our volunteers downstairs the opportunity to engage in community as well. So about 12.10, go pick up your kiddos. If you have any questions about registrations or need some help, Go ahead and check out the blue tent out in the lawn. I'm going to pray for us real quick. Jesus, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together. Thank you for the fact that you prayed that we would be a community that is united around you. And we join that prayer, Jesus, and we ask that you would answer your own prayer and help us to take those steps to be to, towards becoming the type of community that you prayed we would become. We love you. Help us to have an awesome rest of the day together. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we'll see you out there. Love you.